the Protectors of the Wood podcast. Everything is at stake. This podcast tells the story of misfit teenagers struggling to band together and help our world through this crisis. Episode number 43, Becoming a Producer. Phoebe has a change of heart. All the next day, Friday the 10th of July, Phoebe struggled with her mixed feelings about George and Jeremy's concert. Yes, she wanted them to succeed. But no, she did not want them to take off on a new project and leave her alone. But now she could see that her attitude was destructive of her greatest hopes. She was humiliated to think of it and proceeded to suffer all day long. As the clock hit 8 p.m., she found an excuse to step out of the toy store onto the sidewalk for a moment and glanced over at the door to Sammy's coffee shop. A few young people were milling around on the street, but nothing like a good crowd. Phoebe ducked back inside with a sinking feeling in her heart. By 8.30, Phoebe and Gilligan closed the store and said goodnight. Darkness was falling over the quiet town. The sidewalk was deserted. Oh my God, there's no concert at all? What is going on? In a few quick steps, Phoebe reached the coffee shop and looked in at the front door. It was just the typical scene, another drowsy night with a handful of customers hanging around. A few words were scrawled with magic marker on a piece of paper taped to the glass. The performance by George and Jeremy will be postponed for one week. Phoebe walked up to the counter and ordered a sandwich and a cup of coffee. Sammy, what happened to the concert? Oh, they panicked at the last minute. George told me they can't do it. On the phone from the gas station, no less. He even had the nerve to tell me no one will come anyway. But why? Did he give a reason? Oh, you know, he said they're not ready. He didn't know if they'll ever be ready. The postponement was my idea. They were just going to cancel and leave it at that. Sammy slid a turkey sandwich to Phoebe. Oh, you know, it's sad. Take a look at these kids. He nodded toward the back. There at the booths sat a group of young teens. They've got nothing to do. We had more of them here a half an hour ago. I ask you, what is there for these kids in this town? They were looking forward to this performance. Some of them got special permission to stay out late. George used to be a pretty good musician. Sammy shook his head again. You know, it was my idea to ask them to play. I heard them talking and suggested it. But does anyone really care except me and those kids? Where are the adults of this town? 
He shot a glance at Phoebe. Now take yourself for example. Do you care? Why don't you help out here? Let's get George and Jeremy off their asses and give them something to do other than complaining. Phoebe stared at Sammy, her mouth half open. Whoa! I've never seen this side of you. If I'm not going to retire, I want to do something that matters. Phoebe was thinking furiously, staring off into space. Uh, sorry to burst out like that, but you seem like a person who would understand. Don't apologize. I get it. This is my kind of problem. I've been asleep at the switch, and you're waking me up. Phoebe finished her sandwich and looked around the restaurant, sipping her coffee. There's George's sister, Ellie. That's right! And there's another thing making me angry! I bet plenty she's embarrassed in front of all her friends, but she's doing a good job of covering it up! Phoebe strolled over to the booths in the back. Great to see you, Ellie. We never get a chance to talk. Ellie jumped up and gave her a flamboyant hug. I'm so eager to know what you're up to. I saw the article in the Standard. Everyone read it. We need something to happen around here. Nothing it's hopeless. More like boring town. What is right yeah. is, this town is dead. It's dead. Nothing happens around you. So boring. No. So Any idea what's up with George? No. I was so happy he planned this. He's been kind of low. And now I'm worried. Have you talked to him? No, but I'm going to. I'll try to help him and Jeremy. And you can too. I've got a plan. Tell me, what can I do? Phoebe looked closely at her. She had definitely grown over the past couple of years and looked like a teenager rather than a child. In jeans, an old silk screen t-shirt, and hair dyed red. Ellie looked ready for another stage of life. Phoebe noticed the logo of George's old band on the shirt. A skull above cross guitars over the band's name, Wrong Way, written in graffiti script. I'm going to get them to play, and you're going to organize the advertising. We're going to fill this place. Phoebe spoke with complete confidence. This was the kind of thing she felt sure she could do. Yes, I'm ready. At that moment, the noise and bustle of a group coming in the front door distracted their attention. Phoebe recognized the faces of her class at Half Moon High School. She turned back to Ellie. Okay. Come see me tomorrow at the toy store, and we'll plot it out. I'll get to work right now. She walked up to the new group as they fluttered around the counter, 
talking to Sammy and uttering loud exclamations of disappointment. What? We hurried over here for nothing? So what are we going to do now? This place is dead. I thought the wrong way was coming back. That's what you said, Stephanie. Yeah, what's up with that, Stephanie? Yeah, well, she lied. Oh, man, Come on, in a bar mitzvah for this. Were you lying this whole time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're coming back again. Where's George? I have to lie to my parents to be here. Part of the group began to take seats in a couple of empty booths. Phoebe edged over to her friend from high school, Stephanie Baez, who stood frozen by the counter with a frown on her face. She looked very striking as usual with her regular features and athletic look. After returning to Middletown, Phoebe had thought of giving Stephanie a call, but she lived over in Half Moon and was not the type of girl likely to have spare time in her life. But they had a bond as teammates on a championship soccer team in a semifinal playoff game with the score tied and just minutes to play, Phoebe had taken a big risk by running forward from her goal to clear a loose ball, sending it all the way to the empty, far left corner of the field where the fleet-footed Stephanie had caught up to it and floated a beautiful left-footed cross to another teammate running alone toward the far post. One touch with the point of the head, and the ball was in the back of the net. Hey, I heard you were around. What's up? Oh, I've got a job back in the toy store. I was hoping to see George and Jeremy tonight. Me too. I ran into George in the street last week, and he told me to bring our old friends. I'm doing an internship at Hickory Securities this summer for college credits. And I see George around. Do you know what happened to him and Jeremy? No, but I'm going to make sure they don't disappoint us again. Keep hope alive. Let's get everyone back next week. I don't know. It took a lot to get them over here tonight. We can do it. You look great, Stephanie. How's the financial world? I can see you're getting ready for the big time. Oh, I'm not learning anything. They've just got a trick to land a free receptionist. Can I stop by and see you? Maybe we can have lunch. Sure, or I'll come by the toy store. I'm bored. Don't forget me. I'm going to find those boys right now and try to get something started. They exchanged kisses on the cheek and Phoebe slid through a knot of people and out the door. It was getting late and she wanted with all her heart to see George and Jeremy at the gas station before calling it a day. She pushed herself, walking quickly, hiking along Main Street as fast as she could go. Her body mostly felt recovered from her initiation in the forest, but it was a long walk. The night was dark with no moon. Phoebe felt all alone on her new mission, desperately hoping she would arrive in time 
to fix her mistakes with Jeremy and George. As she crossed the asphalt by the gas pumps, she heard distorted electric music blasting over the laptop. She rapped on the door and pushed it open. Jeremy glanced up and quickly switched off the music. George jumped up and stared. Phoebe! What? Am I a ghost? Didn't you expect me? George and Jeremy exchanged looks. No, we certainly did not. And why not? Well, to be honest, when you saw our ad for the concert that night at dinner, I could tell you didn't like the idea. I know you pretty well. You got into a terrible mood. Admit it, Phoebe. He's right. You didn't want us playing together and performing. Though, I can't figure out why. And now, you bust in here like it's our fault. When you've been negative all along. Phoebe nodded. Well, aren't you going to invite me in? Can I at least sit down? Oh, come off it. He waved her to an open chair. You don't need an invitation. How about some black tea? We've had like about a hundred cups already. He poured steaming tea into a mug. Black tea sounds great. And you're right. I'm not that interested in music. I'm not proud of it. It's a weak spot for me. She glanced from George to Jeremy, but they responded with sullen looks and silence. But I do really like you guys, and I was stupid to have a bad attitude about the concert. Well, that's good to hear, but you're a little too late. We're not gonna perform. We're giving up the whole plan. Why? George, you tell her. He nodded to George, who sat with his chin in his hands, looking at the floor. George glanced up and shook his head. I don't want to explain it again. I'm sick of the whole thing. Please, I know I've been no help. Even worse than no help. But I've gone through a change of heart. I think it's important. Not just for you, but for lots of kids and lots of reasons. Oh, please. Where did you get that? No one really cares. It doesn't matter at all. You're wrong. Just listen to what it was like over at Sammy's tonight. Phoebe went on to tell the story in detail, exaggerating the size of the crowd. George and Jeremy perked up, and by the end, looked interested. Okay, okay, all right. A few people do care. Maybe it does matter in a limited sort of way, but we've got other problems that... You don't understand at all. Like what? Well, 
For instance, I don't like the music I used to play, but that's all people expect of me. They don't like what I'm doing now. The songs are slow and sad, and I'm afraid to perform them. It's that simple. Jeremy disagreed. But I like the music you're doing now. It's much better than what you used to do. If those tapes are anything like it, it doesn't matter what you think. It matters what everyone else thinks. I get bad feedback over and over. I'm just giving up performing. It isn't going anywhere. And it's just too painful. Can I hear one of those new songs? Oh, what's the use? Look, I'm serious. If I'm impressed, I'll be your producer, manager, whatever you call it. Jeremy and George did not reply. What? You think I can't do it? All right. What do you think, Jeremy? Can't do any harm. They grabbed a couple of acoustic guitars. Let's try this one. It was a slow jam, winding along, a lamentation. George sang. Closing in on me It's gotten so That I can't see My star no more My God no more These closing doors and I don't know what to say But my thoughts they won't play Like they used to in my mind And I sit here and sigh just wasting my time And it's all from my worst dream Dark vision that I have seen and it's always there At the corner of my eye Somewhere in my heart Somewhere in my Closing in on me It's gotten so That I can see My star no more My God no more These closing doors
Thanks for listening to the Protectors of the Wood podcast. Find all our podcasts, songs, and projects on our website, protectorsofthewood.com. And to all the eco-warriors out there, remember that everyone can make a difference and every action counts.